together with me and turn to uh, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 24 to 27. This is our Old Testament scripture reading, which is a parallel to what we are going to hear from John chapter 4 this morning. Ezekiel 36, 24 to 27. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the, earth, from, the, from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle, sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of the stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Now turn to the Gospel of John chapter 4. The Gospel of John chapter 4. Beginning from verse 16 to 26. This would be the second part that we are going to consider together about the conversation that our Lord Jesus Christ had with the Samaritan woman. The call to true worship. John 4, 16 to 26. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you, had, you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and, to, and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when He comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, I, I, I am he. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we now ask you to grant us the same spirit that you gave to your servant Samuel long ago. Where Samuel said, Lord, Speak, your servant is listening. And we say now, like Samuel, your servant, 
our Heavenly Father, our Lord, speak to us. Your servants are listening. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. In last Sunday's sermon, the first part of Jesus' conversation with the Samaritan woman, we saw our Lord Jesus Christ inviting the woman to the living water. We saw our Lord Jesus Christ saying to the woman, if he knew the one who is asking you to give him water, you would ask him to give you water and he would give you a living water. And once you have this water in your life, you will never be thirst again. Now the question I want all of us to ask this morning is, when Jesus said that to that woman, when Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, if you only ask me, if you only knew who I am, and you ask me to give you the kind of water I am telling you about, then you will receive a living water in your life. And once you drink from that water, you will never be thirsty again. Now the question is, did she understand what Jesus told her about that living water? water? I want us to ask this question, did she perceive what Jesus was talking about? And the answer, of course, is no. Because in verse 15, the woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have come to here to draw water. She didn't get it at all. She didn't perceive anything that Jesus was telling her about the water that he was promising to give to her. She was only thinking in terms of physical water. She was still thinking about the water in Jacob's well, not the spiritual water that Jesus was promising to her. So she didn't get it. She didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. So in our text this morning, the second part of the conversation between Jesus and this woman, we see our Lord Jesus Christ, who was seeking uh, for this sinful and immoral woman by deeply penetrating into her heart to bring her to salvation and to true worship. This morning we see Jesus Christ taking his conversation with this woman to the next level. She didn't understand, and our Lord Jesus Christ didn't say, he didn't say, I'm sorry that you don't get what I'm telling you. Sorry, I don't have time for you. Have a nice day. That was not Jesus. Remember, Jesus came all the way to Samaria to seek this woman, to find this woman, to bring her to salvation, to bring her to God's kingdom. So we see him deeply um, piercing into her heart by his own word, prophetic statement, if you will, to help her to understand what he was talking about. And as we think about that, how Jesus 
deeply penetrated into her heart, I want us to consider three things from our text this morning. First, I want us to consider the sudden revelation in verse 16 to 19. There was this sudden revelation to the Samaritan women and all of us. And then the foundation for true worship in verses 20 to 22. Foundation for true worship. And then I also want us to consider the sudden, uh, the, 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 the nature of true worship in verse 23 to 26. The nature of true worship. So first consider with me the sudden revelation. Now picture what just happened. She didn't understand Jesus. She didn't understand anything about the living water. So what did Jesus do? Jesus said to her, go and call your husband and come back to me. He's taking the conversation to a higher level, to the next level. You see, you see Jesus is now saying, let us now talk about your marriage life. About your life as, as a woman. Go home and bring your husband to me. Let's start with that one. Let's start with your personal life. How you view marriage. Your, adult, your adulterous life. I want you to go home and bring your husband to me. And the woman said, but I don't have a husband. And Jesus said to this woman, you are telling the truth. What you just said about yourself is true. You had five husbands. And now the one with whom you live is not your husband. You are not in biblical marriage. You are not in Christian marriage. You are an adulterer. You are a sinful woman. You are an immoral woman. What you just say to me is true. That was a sudden revelation to this woman because what, what Jesus just said was prophetic. He showed her that he was God. He showed her that he was omniscience. He showed her that she was actually encountering God in the flesh. She was just speaking to God. It was a sudden revelation. Have you been there in a Christian life? You are reading the scripture and you find yourself being in conversation with God. You see God, you see Christ in the flesh, in the written word, in the living word of God. That was her experience. Because the woman said to Jesus, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. I see that you are a prophet. Now I perceive. Now my, my mind and my heart are open. I see with whom I'm, I'm dealing. I, who, I, I, now I see, I perceive who you are. You are a prophet. 
And you know what she's saying? What she's saying? She's bringing us to my second point. She's bringing us to the, the foundation for worship. Now, what this woman is saying to Jesus is, now I perceive that you are a prophet. Now I perceive you are God. I am ready and willing to be instructed by you, to be taught by you. I'm ready to receive instruction from you. You are a prophet. So the second thing that happened was, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you, the Jews, you, the Israelites, you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Now think about that. This woman basically asked Jesus, you are a prophet, and I want you to teach me about worship. I want you to give me the foundation for true worship. Now, you, you have heard people say, when the woman asked Jesus about worship, about worship, what true worship is, she was trying to run away from her sin. She was trying to divert Jesus' focus on her sin. Many people say that. Many people will understand what was going on between Jesus and this Samaritan woman. She was trying to trick Jesus. She was trying to run away from her sin. If you view this woman in that way, you need to rethink your understanding again. Because that's not what she was doing. With the leading of the Holy Spirit, being a sinful woman, being a very moral woman, once she perceived that Jesus was the prophet, she was being serious about her life, her need for true worship. And how do we know that? Because Jesus didn't say to this woman, wait a minute, first I should deal with your sin, first I should call you to repentance. You need to confess your sin and have faith in me. Then we'll talk about worship. That's not what Jesus did. Actually, Jesus went on with her question. Was he downplaying her sin? Was he putting the issue of sin aside? Was Jesus telling this woman, okay, Let's talk about worship. After all, I don't care about sin. I just want you to worship God. No, that's not what he's doing. Because brothers and sisters in Christ, the topic of worship covers everything. The topic of worship covers repentance. It covers faith. It covers praise, the praise of God. It covers whatever topic that you want to deal about the Christian life. Worship covers everything. If a, person is, if a person is not repentant, if a person doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that person will never worship God in spirit and in truth. So Jesus, you see, allowed this woman... He let the conversation continue the way she wanted it. And Jesus told this woman, let me tell you this. 
Listen to what Jesus told her. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain, not in Jerusalem, will you worship the Father. Woman, let me answer your question. Your question is, where is the place for true worship? Is it on our mountain, the mountain of Gerizim, where the Samaritans worship it? Or in Jerusalem, where the Jews were worshiping? So the question was, where is the place for true worship? You are a prophet. Tell me. And Jesus told her, it is neither on this mountain and in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city of David, where everyone was going for worship. Jesus is saying, it's neither on your mountain, neither on our mountain. But everywhere, everywhere, Jesus is saying, listen, worship is a matter of the heart. Worship is not about a place. It is about a person. That's what Jesus was telling this woman. It's not on your mountain. It's not on the mountain in Jerusalem. It is from the heart and through a person. We'll, we'll come to that. This woman should understand what worship is all about. People will be saved in order to worship God. 1 Thessalonians 1.9 For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from Idols to serve the living and true God. How you turn from idols. This woman needed to turn from idols. So she needed to understand what true worship is. So Jesus was telling her, worship is a matter of the heart. Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And then what? Holy pure and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This is what she needed to understand. This is what we need to understand. Worship is not about place. Brothers and sisters, do you know, on this day, the Lord's Day, there are brothers and sisters in Christ in Uganda who are worshiping under a tree. We have brothers and sisters in Christ in some African countries and other places who are worshiping in homes. Does it mean they are not worshiping God? Does it mean God is not present among them as they worship Him? So Jesus is telling this woman, it's not about place. So he gives her the foundation for true worship. You worship what you do not know. We worship 
what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But he also told her, Women, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. And the reason is because she told him, Our fathers told us to worship God on this mountain. Are you greater than our father Jacob? And now Jesus is telling her, let me give you the foundation for true worship. You start with not a place, but with whom do you worship? Who is the object of worship? The father. God, the father. Not the fathers, not tradition, but God the father. Jews and Gentiles, all worshipers of God are expected to worship God the father. But the question is, who is God? And Jesus told her, God is spirit. God is spirit. Isn't that amazing? Jesus revealed to her, this is whom you should worship. God the father, not the fathers. Not tradition, but God the father. And this father, this God is spirit. What does, what does it mean? What is Jesus telling this woman? God is spirit. Well, God is spirit means he doesn't have a body like, like, like us. Uh, he doesn't have form or body like us. He is spirit, but it doesn't mean he is air. He is fire. He's a person. God is spirit. So Jesus is telling this woman, listen, you cannot localize God in one place. You cannot limit God on this mountain or on the mountain in Jerusalem because His Spirit, He's omnipresent, He's everywhere, and God is to be worshipped everywhere. In Karamoja, in America, God is Spirit, He's to be worshipped everywhere. He is Spirit. But here is good news, brothers and sisters in Christ. He's not only spirit, he's also a father. He's spirit by nature. He's a father by character. The God whom we worship, he's spirit, but he's also our Father, the Father of believers, the Father of those who worship Him. So Jesus told this woman and all of us two important lessons about the foundation for true worship. We worship God who is Spirit. We worship God who is our Father. And if He is our Father as worshipers, it means we are His children. So Jesus is telling this woman, are you, the Samaritans, the children of God? The Jews know whom they worship. They know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do they all believe in the Messiah? No. But the nation, Israel, chosen by God, called by God, because God revealed it to them who he is, they know whom they worship. You Samaritans, you don't know whom you worship. You don't worship the God of Israel. You don't worship the God of Israel through his son, through the Messiah. 
who came from the Jews. In a sense, Jesus was telling the Samaritan women, the Jews are superior to you because they know whom, you are whom they are worshiping. You don't know who you are worshiping. Now listen to this carefully. Jesus was telling this woman, God is spirit. God is a father or the father. And those who worship him are his children. And who are these children? Well, John 1.12. You know, these children are those who were born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those who were born from above. Those to whom Jesus came and they received him. They believed in him and he gave them the right to become the children of God. And as God's children, they have a right to worship him. They have a privilege to worship him. You see where Jesus is now bringing this woman. It is not about a place. It is not about the father's. It is about the person, the object of your worship, God the Father, who is spirit, and he's also the father of believers. Are you his child? Are you the Samaritans, the children of God? And if he says, yes, we are the children of God, he's going to ask her, do you believe in his son? The Messiah? Because listen to Jesus. In John 3.35, Jesus said, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. John 5.22, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. You see the relationship between the Father and the Son. If you love the Father, you must love His Son. If you love the Son, you must love the Father. If you honor the Son, you must honor the Father. 1 John, 1 John 2.23 No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. John 14.6 No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. You can, you can only worship the Father through the Son. You Samaritans, you Gentiles, are you God's children? Are you worshiping God through the Son, through the Messiah? Jesus told this woman, you don't know the Father who sent me, only me, to the world to save sinners. To take away the sins of the world. John 1, 29. Do you believe in that? Do you believe in the Messiah who came from the Jews? As a Savior for all people, Jews and Gentiles. In 1 Timothy 2.5, Paul said, for, is, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Beloved, we need to join the Samaritan women this morning and ask ourselves, whom, 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 I, whom, whom I worship in? Who is the object of my worship? Am I worshiping the Father who is spirit and my Father, our Father? That was the foundation for true worship. 
We worship God who is spirit and the father of believers, true worshipers. And then comes the nature of true worship. Jesus told this woman, but the hour is coming in verse 23 and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in His spirit and in truth. Now understand what Jesus was saying here. The hour is coming and it is here now. What does, what does that mean? Well, you have been worshipping on this mountain. The Jews have been worshipping in Jerusalem. But now something new has come. Something new ha- has, has, has dawned upon us, upon you, upon the Jews and Gentiles. I am now here. I am here as the fulfillment of all Old Testament sacrifices, ordinances. I am here to fulfill all of them. Now worshipers must worship God in His spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking true worshipers. Beloved, We are saved in order to worship God. The goal of our salvation is the glory of God, the worship of God. And now Jesus is telling this woman, my father is seeking true worshipers. And who are true worshipers? Those who worship God in his spirit and in truth. What does worshiping God in his spirit mean? I'm sure you have heard some people saying, worshiping God in His Spirit means our own spirit. Worshiping God in His Spirit means to really engage in worship with our own spirit. For us to be into the worship, emotionally, spiritually. You know, to have a spiritual worship toward God. It's not the Holy Spirit, but it is our spirit. It is our spiritual worship, which is true. But let me ask you this. Can you do those things without the aid of the Holy Spirit? No. What it means is, those who worship God must worship Him with the help of the Holy Spirit. By the aid of the Holy Spirit. Yes, they must engage their own spirit. Their own zeal and passion and love. There must be affection toward God as we worship God. We should put aside everything else and focus on our God who is the object of our worship. That is true. But that would be impossible without the aid of the Holy Spirit. Read the Gospel of John. It's about the role of the Holy Spirit. In guiding us, teaching us, but also helping us in worship is the role of the Holy Spirit to aid us, to assist us in worship. We must worship God with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what Paul tells us in Philippians 
3.3 For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. We are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God. Which means the Holy Spirit has circumcised our heart. Ezekiel 36, that's what we read. I'll give you a new heart. Regeneration. I'll give you a new spirit. The living water. You will be converted. You will be changed. I will give you a new heart. To become a true worshiper of God. To worship God by the Spirit of God. So we must worship God in the Spirit with the help of the Holy Spirit. And then in truth, what does in truth mean? Well, again, you will hear people saying, well, truth here is sincerity. We must be truthful. We must be sincere. No pretense in worship. We should never pretend as if we are worshiping God, but we're not worshiping God. Our mind is outside somewhere, but we are in the sanctuary, but we're not worshiping God. We're absent. Our mind is absent. I think it's a challenge for all of us, you know, as I speak about it. Are you worshiping God right now? Where is your mind now? Are you thinking about lunch? Are you thinking about your work tomorrow? Are you thinking about some kind of problem in your life right now? And you have no idea what I'm talking about? I see you're here, but you're not here. Yeah, sincerity is vital in worship. But listen, if you don't worship the Father being in the Son, who is the truth, I am the way, the truth, and the life, then where does your sincerity, sincerity come from? You are not in Christ. You are outside of Christ. So worshiping God in his spirit and in truth means worshiping God, being in Christ by the help of the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. True worshipers must worship God in spirit, being aided, aided by the Holy Spirit, but being in Christ who is truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. So we worship God being in Christ and by the aid of the Holy Spirit. It was at that moment, brothers and sisters in Christ, the woman said to Jesus, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. You see where, where she is now. Now she's not confused. Now she see the light. She see Christ. She see the truth. And she said to Jesus, I know one thing. The Messiah will come. And when he comes, he will tell us everything that we need to know. You see, this is a Samaritan woman and she believed in the five books of Moses. And one of them is the book of Deuteronomy in in Deuteronomy 18.15, God told the people of Israel, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. She knows this. She knew this. 
she knows what God promised his people in Deuteronomy 18.15. A prophet will come from among them, from the Jews. Salvation is from the Jews. He will come from the Jews, from among the Jews. When he comes, he will tell us everything that we need to know. You remember John the Baptist baptizing Jesus and when the windows of heaven were opened and the Father from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then comes what? Listen to him. Another Samaritan woman is saying, I know he's coming. And when he comes, he will tell us everything. And Jesus said to her, Woman, I am here. I'm here. Your sin at the Messiah. Your sin at Christ. I'm here. Many people today say, I wish I could have a revelation like that in my life. I wish Jesus would just appear to me and say, I'm here. Then I would believe in him. Well, Jesus speaks to us every day through his word, through the living and written word of God. Every time you share the word of God with people, every time people read the scripture, they encounter with Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. The question is, what are you going to do when you encounter the Messiah? What did the Samaritan woman do when she saw the Messiah by faith? We'll look into that next Sunday. But for now, let me ask you this. Do you worship the Father through the Son? Do you worship the Father in spirit and in truth? Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, O oh Lord, thank you for that sudden revelation of your Son, Jesus Christ, the Samaritan woman, where he gave us the foundation for worship, where he showed us the true nature of worship, and where he instructed us how we should worship you, our God, in spirit and in truth. O oh Lord, fill this church, Redeemer of PC, with worshipers who worships you in spirit and in truth. Fill this church with worshipers who hears your voice through your word and obey you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.